Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast and back for his weekly visit as my NFL and fantasy football expert, Andy Rio, who's covered fantasy for nearly 20 years. And it's always good to catch up with you, Andy. I promise not to make you watch any more Broncos games during the show or in any of the future podcasts. That's a guarantee. Those Broncos games are essentially uh, dark humor at its finest in many ways. Oh, God. I, I, I'm, I can't wait till it's over with with the Broncos. Uh, but let's get to the Texans because they get the Raiders this week. Technically, the Raiders with a worse record than the Texans, thanks to that Texans tie against the Colts in game one. Although the Raiders stats, Andy, show they're more middle of the pack. What do you make of this Raiders team so far? Well, they've been in a lot of close games, but they found ways to lose, uh, including their most recent game, uh, the Monday Nighter in Kansas City, where they were within one point of tying the game and opted for a two-point conversion, despite the fact that there was over four minutes to go. Uh, then they managed to stop the Chiefs but uh, and have one of the better kickers in football in Daniel Carlson, but because they were down a point, uh, you know, they essentially had to drive down at least to try the field goal and they didn't have a very good late drive. So, um, you know, your mindset probably changes a little bit when you're tied rather than being behind by a point. They also lost a game late at Tennessee where they couldn't convert on a two point conversion and they blew a lead and lost to Arizona in overtime. So, yeah, if you're talking about the Raiders potentially being better, better than their record would indicate, you could make a case for that. Uh, but at the same time, this is a team with a new coach that has struggled in close games. So if the Texans can keep it close, they've got a shot. The Texans have been masters at keeping it close, and they're just like the Raiders. They're masters at losing late in games and barely <laughs> screwing things up at the end. But they did get a win the last time that they played, and they did it thanks to, of course, Damian Pierce. The Raiders are sixth against the run, Andy. Is this bad news for Damian Pierce and fantasy owners? Well, I think you certainly have to keep him in the lineup. Certainly, uh, the Raiders are better against the run than the pass, but I wouldn't consider Las Vegas to be a shy away matchup in any form. The Texans' run defense looked a little better against the Jags. As we speak, rookie third-round linebacker Christian Harris's status for this week still not known. We don't know if he'll play, and he's somebody who could help against Josh Jacobs. Andy, are you guessing Jacobs will chew up the Texans defense because he's been spectacular this season. I think he's in line for another good game. I mean, he has been an incredible value for fantasy owners because he didn't warrant a high draft pick. Most people thought with Josh McDaniels coming in that it was going to lead to a new England style committee. And it has been anything, but he's been one of the top workhorses in the league. And yeah, definitely has a very high end RB one potential this week. Hopefully we'll see the Derek Stingley matchup with Devontae Adams. Lovey's been using him a lot in cover three, not too much in man-to-man. -man. You hope that he'll help that. Well, you hope that it's going to help Stingley in the long run. And Andy, when I look at Devontae's numbers, he's not putting up the numbers he put up in the last two seasons with Aaron Rodgers. That's not necessarily a surprise. Do you feel like he's still helping Derek Carr a lot? Was he, you know, was it giving up? the first and second round pick worth it for the Raiders? Well, I think his numbers are still overall pretty good. I mean, they were kind of in the stratosphere in Green Bay, and I knew that he was going to take a bit of a step back uh, going to Las Vegas because, uh, I mean, Derek Carr is a quality quarterback. He's not quite at the same echelon as 
Aaron Rodgers uh, most years, although this year he's actually in fantasy been a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers, who really hasn't been able to get much going with his new cast up in Green Bay. Uh, I don't think the Raiders regret it. I mean, if you saw what Adams did against the Chiefs when he had two long touchdowns, uh, they didn't have anybody like that previously. I mean, Darren Waller is a great tight end. Hunter Renfro is a very steady uh, underneath target and everything like that. So, no, I don't I don't think Las Vegas regrets it. I, I think there's just a lot of growing pains with Vegas. That's probably why they've lost some of these close games. Admittedly, Josh McDaniels has a little bit of a checkered track record as a head coach, too. Uh, I don't really want to give up on him in this stage because it is early. And he has supposedly changed from the ways that he used to have in Denver when he was regarded as a major dictator. So uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, the Raiders have the potential to get better as the season goes on, because unlike some of the teams that, you know, are bad and just look absolutely hopeless, they've been competitive. The Raiders, six and a half point favorites. And considering how the Texans have played everybody this season and how the Raiders have looked, I'm a little bit surprised maybe that this isn't a closer spread how, how do you see the game playing out what do you think is going to happen here I think it's going to be a back and forth game I, I think that the Texans will certainly uh, be competitive and they've got a good chance at getting under that line but I do see Las Vegas winning it in the end just a reminder for everybody watching or listening to subscribe comment and like us on YouTube as we always let you know, it's the best way to support the show. Make sure to catch our live Texans postgame shows every week and our live Astros postgame shows all through the postseason. For those of you listening and watching on Wednesday morning, we're going to be doing one tonight, and we've got another one again on Thursday. So it's happening pretty quickly. Uh, Andy, I, I could watch the Chiefs play the Bills every week. Loved watching that game. This week, the Chiefs are at the Niners. I'm guessing you can't wait to see the Chiefs' offense versus this Niners' defense. That's a very compelling matchup, although San Francisco has suffered some injuries of late that uh, probably tilts the edge to the Chiefs. I mean, in most cases, the Chiefs have the edge anyways, but it's not necessarily going to be as much of a strength versus strength matchup as we were expecting originally when this game came out on the schedule and we started to build up into it as the season started. Uh, definitely think the Chiefs will rebound. Uh, it was another classic against Buffalo, maybe not quite the shootout uh, that some were expecting, but a great back-and-forth game between two of the great quarterbacks of the game. And uh, Buffalo, obviously, uh, they're on bye this week, so that's going to leave a big hole uh, for a lot of fantasy owners. Philadelphia as well, also Minnesota and the Rams. So a lot of high-powered players uh, off this week. But uh, getting back to this particular matchup, uh, the 49ers uh, don't come in with a lot of momentum. I mean, they were thoroughly outplayed overall by Atlanta uh, in kind of a surprising result to many, many people this past week. So, uh, you know, it may be a better week for the 49ers pass catchers because they're probably going to have to play a little faster this week against the Chiefs. Um, if you're in a bind at quarterback this week, maybe you don't have Jalen Burt, Jalen Hurts or uh, Jared Allen, um, or even Matthew Stafford or Kirk Cousins. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo might be an okay flex play at the quarterback spot this week. Uh, Brandon IU comes in with a lot of uh, momentum. He had two touchdowns uh, last week uh, in the loss to Atlanta. And certainly uh, George Kittle had a pretty good game, getting 80 yards or so receiving. Uh, Debo Samuel. I mean, the Niners have weapons. I mean, they just need to get away from 
their overall conservative nature and be prepared to play faster against the Chiefs. Uh, for Kansas City, Juju Smith-Schuster had his best game since coming over from Pittsburgh this past week. I mean, Marquez Valdez-Scantling has remained involved. The running back situation is really a quagmire. I mean, last week we saw Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Jared McKinnon, and uh, Isaiah Pacheco all get work. I mean, the you know the plays would still be Edwards-Alaire and McKinnon, but uh, I, I would suspect that probably the bigger numbers are going to come from the passing game this week. Uh, as they so often do with the Chiefs. Texans fans are going to keep an eye on this Colts-Titans game, AFC South, of course. Matt Ryan's starting to look better, isn't he? Matt Ryan looked great last week, and, and they've gotten a real boost from Alec Pierce, a rookie-wide receiver. Uh, Michael Pittman, obviously, uh, as he continues to progress, uh, has become a really good receiver. Uh, the Colts were almost forced to pass a little bit because of course they didn't have Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines, although they got a great game from Deion Jackson. Um, all three of those guys are a bit questionable this week in terms of injuries and whether they'll be able to play. So that's definitely something to monitor as the week progresses. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it could be another good game for the for Ryan. I mean, the Titans are a little bit vulnerable against the pass. Um, not really a lot of options for Tennessee. They'll certainly uh, attempt to control the game on the ground with Derrick Henry, and he makes a good fantasy start as he pretty much always does. Um, you know, Robert Woods may come on a little bit more uh, as he gets healthier. He had a week to rest, but uh, you know, obviously, uh, the Titans' passing game uh, not one of the greatest in the league. Right, and Pierce is a good name for a rookie this year, apparently. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Geno Smith's Seahawks are at the Chargers with a short week for L.A. coming off their overtime win. Andy, I kind of think the Chargers might be a little tired and vulnerable after that game. And, you know, of course, their kick kicking situation is going to be up in the air, too, I assume. Well, the Chargers are a crazy team. I mean, you know, you never know what you're going to get every week from them other than just exasperating moments but certainly they have the talent that's why they're four and two right now they've managed to overcome somewhat questionable coaching in my opinion uh, you know seattle took a real step forward defensively they'd just been absolutely gashed the previous two weeks by detroit and new orleans but they put the clamps on arizona and like the texans uh, they have a great rookie running back kenneth walker stepped in uh, after rashad penny was lost for the season with injuries. He had a great game against the Cardinals. It came at the expense of the passing game, although Gino came down to earth in that one, and that, of course, negatively impacted DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I would expect another good game for Walker this week. We'll see about the passing game. I mean, certainly uh, Metcalf and Lockett uh, can be started. Not so sure about uh, Gino coming off that week game, but if the Chargers can get going offensively and they were really in a rut Monday night, then Seattle may have to play at a faster pace to keep up. Uh, Austin Eckler has been tremendous for the Chargers over the past three weeks, six touchdowns uh, and a lot of catches and yardage during that span. So he was picked pretty high in the first round in many leagues, and he's definitely been justifying his first round uh, selection after a slow start. Uh, one thing to monitor the possible return of Keenan Allen uh, if that happens, it certainly should help prop up Justin Herbert. Uh, Mike Williams had a bad game this week on Monday night. He's been very hot or cold this year. Uh, he should rebound somewhat this week, I think, maybe even with a pretty big game. Uh, Chargers have been getting respectable production out of Gerald Everett at tight end, and that's, of course, typically a black hole in fantasy football. So Everett 
uh, can be used if needed. Uh, and he may very well be the best option for some teams out there. You made me think of an idea of the next T-shirt that I'm going to start selling, and it's the Chargers are like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh you were talking about the coaching with the Chargers. I'm going to throw this out at you. Nathaniel Hackett, Staley, Josh McDaniel. You got your three uh, besides Andy Reid coaches in the AFC West. Which one of those guys do you want? <laughs> well, I, I would say in many ways it would probably be McDaniels just because of his long track record of success coordinating New England's offense, even, even though – Staley has ultimately been the most successful of that trio. Um, you know, he did have the Chargers uh, at least in position to make the playoffs last year, although some of his questionable decision-making in that final game against the Raiders uh, was a big reason why they missed. Um, Hackett just looks horrible. I mean, just absolutely horrible. I mean, uh, you know, I, I could see a case for Staley over McDaniel, certainly. Uh, but it's just technically McDaniel's has the most experience of that group. I, I don't, I don't know what to say about Hackett. I mean, as I mentioned, watching a Broncos game is basically the equivalent of watching a very dark humor movie at this point in time. I don't know if you heard what Troy Aikman said during the broadcast, but he did not think much of the Broncos route trees with the wide receivers. And I don't know if that was a criticism of the receivers and the routes that they were running, or if that was a criticism of the coordinator and the routes that the offense was setting up. But I just thought that was kind of an interesting point there. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously Russell Wilson struggled uh, much more than people would have anticipated and Gordon Sutton and Jerry Judy are talented players. I mean, and it's not like, you know, they're trying to make uh, Russ make it work with fringe NFL prospects or anything or guys that just came off the practice squad. So it's just an absolute mess there. I, I mean, I, They've got their bye coming up in week nine. I mean, you know, it would be extremely crazy for a coach to be fired in the first year, but, you know, they're two and four right now. If they were to go to two and six, maybe that's the time they pull the plug on everything. Speaking of the Broncos, they got the unstoppable New York J-E-T-S Jets and Damian Pierce might have captured our hearts, but Andy, these two teams, a couple of great running backs, right? This has really so far been the year of the rookie running back. And and Kenneth Walker just really got in on the party the past couple of weeks. But uh, Brees Hall and, of course, Damian Pierce have just been absolutely phenomenal uh, for their respective teams. I mean, the Jets have barely passed the ball the past couple of weeks. It's been the Hall show. It's been very much throwback football here where you don't have the quarterback throwing very much and you have the running back going crazy. So, uh, it's obviously been a very good coaching job by Robert Sala. A lot of people thought he had promised coming over from the 49ers and this looked to be a lost season for the jets, but, uh, right now they're in contention. Uh, and Brees Hall is definitely, uh, one of those guys you want in your lineup every week. He's got the potential to win weeks for you. And even on his off weeks, he's still going to do pretty good. So, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a real race right now. I mean, uh, Damian Pierce, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, uh, you know, which one's going to be the best rookie running back. And it may be just like splitting hairs because they all look great at this point. Do you have a preference after watching those three so far? Wow. I mean, they've all looked really good. I I'd say Pierce has kind of had some of the more, uh, you know, violent, impressive runs, so to speak. So I will give him the nod at this point, but I'd be thrilled to have any one of the three in my backfield. 
Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And and both the Falcons and the Bengals are three and three. That's our final game. What grabs you about this game? Because Falcons kind of sort of flying under the radar, I guess, at three and three. If 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 you're talking about the Falcons that we expected to see this year and what they've what they've done. I didn't expect to see Atlanta at three and three. No, uh, absolutely not. And I want to point out something right now. Uh, if you're looking in free agency for uh, defenses, and eventually a lot of owners will stream defenses, in week eight and week 10, Atlanta happens to play Carolina. So I, I wouldn't compare the Falcons to the 2000 Baltimore Ravens by any means. But if you've got two games in three weeks against Carolina, uh, you've got a chance at finding success. And after that, they've got teams like Chicago and Washington. So uh, if you're you missed out on one of the top defenses, and obviously you know you're not going to see Buffalo hit the waiver wire in most circumstances, I would definitely look at, at Atlanta uh, for those games ahead with the Panthers. Obviously, you don't want to play them this week against Cincinnati, but uh, they've been very impressive. Uh, they've largely operated as a as a run based team. Uh, you know, Tyler Algier, a rookie, has been part of that. Um, you know, Cordell. Patterson was part of that before he got hurt. Marcus Mariota has been running a lot. Uh, they really haven't been a great fantasy team. Drake London, who's a rookie wide receiver out of USC, their first round pick has been impressive at times, uh, but they haven't been able to get Kyle Pitts going. And, and he was considered to be one of the best prospects uh, at tight end ever uh, just a year ago. So it, it's odd because the Falcons are definitely having more real life success than fantasy success at this point in time. And I think the train may slow for Atlanta a little bit against Cincinnati, even though the Bengals are a little bit disappointing at three and three, they really came alive uh, down in new Orleans last week, Joe Burrow and Jamar chase were clicking and I would expect them to do the same as well as Joe Mixon. Uh, you know, there's still a lot of uh, talent in Cincinnati, if you know, especially if T. Higgins can get healthy again. And they showed it uh, against the Saints in a clutch come from behind victory. So uh, I think Cincinnati's probably gotten back on track and, and will continue that uh, trend this week. I feel like we've seen the best two teams in the AFC this past weekend with the Bills and the Chiefs, but the NFC, the Eagles they look like the clear number one just out of curiosity is there a number two or a clear delineated number two for you with with the nfc i mean the cowboys assuming they get Dak prescott back and he's healthy the way they've played defensively are, are they the number two team in the nfc right now i think you can make a case for them i mean Dal dallas did beat the giants with cooper rush and, and obviously the giants deserve a lot of credit for how they're playing and everything like that. But I, I still think in the end, uh, when you're evaluating the quarterbacks of those teams, that if Dak is healthy, and of course Jalen Hurts for Philadelphia, there's less of a ceiling with New York uh, with Daniel Jones, obviously. I mean, as far as the other uh, contenders in the NFC, I mean, Minnesota certainly deserves a lot of kudos for being 5-1. and one. Um, They were thumped badly in Philadelphia, though, so it's hard to say they're on the same level at this point is the Eagles. Uh, Tampa Bay looks to be a little, you know, discombobulated right now. Same with the Rams. Uh, same really with San Francisco. Uh, I'm not quite ready to consider Seattle a prime contender. I mean, those three teams are all tied for first. Green Bay looks like a bit of a mess right now. 
Um, you know, Atlanta, again, impressed by what they're doing. Not sure I want to pencil in the Falcons in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, it's quite possible that the best two teams in the NFC are Philadelphia and Dallas. Well, if you want to ask Andy any fantasy questions, anything NFL-related, he's at Andy Rio on Twitter. It means a lot to me personally that he gives me a few minutes to rack his brain every week. Some of you might remember I roped into doing weekly trivia shows when I hosted the Locked On Texans podcast. I miss doing the trivia, although I'm sure Andy does not miss prepping for that show. <laughs> but, uh, hey, Andy, always a blast, and let's do it again next week. Sounds good. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Hey, you can support the show by subscribing on YouTube and commenting on the videos. Listen to Houston Sports Talk on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and Google. Don't forget to tell a friend and share our show on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.